This is, you know what it is. <laughs> this is, you know what it you is. You know what it is. This is the Refuge Project. And we come and we're going to have conversation and we're going to do the dang thing. Yeah, let's do it. Let's that do number it. that just didn't answer yeah. is calling me back. Uh. And I'm not answering this time. <laughs> yeah, now it's on you, buddy. Figure it out. Man, so... I'm feeling good, dude. Are you feeling good? You want to know why I'm feeling good? Why are you feeling good? Uh, same reason I was here early today. Okay. Because I had that meeting. Yep. My tax protest thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was the protest. It was the informal protest. Property meeting. tax. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, so they had it uh, They had it uh, appraised at like 191 something. Yep. Got it down to 160. Okay. So it's cool. So is that final? That's final. And then, um, and I'm waiting for my homestead thing to come in. To, like, oh, you haven't got your homestead yet. Waiting for it to get approved. So, Should be. It's been like two months since I filled out the thing. Oh, so you didn't do it early on? No, I didn't know. Nobody tells Ooh. you anything. Every, this nobody tells you anything. They just once you like they don't tell you you need to do a homestead. This is why. This is what it is. Do it. What they do tell you is, oh, you didn't do a homestead. Oh. So we tell our kids, man, the homestead is the first thing you need to do as soon as you get in your house. They don't tell you. They just say, why didn't you do it? I say, well, you didn't tell me. Mm, Like three years ago. That saves you a bunch of money. You know, I feel like, you know, we just listened to this song. Uh, It's not a Christian song, but from Oliver Anthony is Killing the Internet. And one of the lines in there says, your penny is being taxed. Mm. Well, I brought it down. Yeah. So now this tax is hard. Yeah, dude, this lady hooked me up. That's I had good. a, I had like all these photos and all this stuff like ready to go, you know, uh-huh. to like plead my case with her, right? Yeah. And uh, I start pulling it out. And oh, I that's already, why you got to call her Sarah on. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Ah, okay, okay. I didn't want to get too. Yeah, I, I, I wanted to uh, <laughs> come in professional. I didn't want to be. I wasn't gonna like wear a suit or something, right? But you know, you want to. You got to look just good enough, right? But that too, you don't want to get too rich either because you're trying to get. That's right. Yeah, that's right. I don't want to go overkill. Did you like everyone? So this was my. Uh, did you ever once in a while go, man? I'm pretty hungry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, came for food right now. <laughs> yeah. No, no. So I go in and I'm about to. So I have all these photos of all these sorry houses that are all like around my neighborhood, and I got uh, I got pictures of like some cracks in my house. I was going to tell them about my foundation and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like about to present it to her, and she just goes. And she, I had like a little folder, and she just goes, "Close." Don't worry about it. And, and she goes, "I got you." <laughs> and I said, "Okay, thank you very much." And then she like just starts. Anyway, she starts telling me about all the numbers and all this stuff, and she's like, "This is how you calculate this, but we can use this number." And the, she goes, "You save the evidence because if we use it now, you can't use it next year." Goes on that whole thing. So she's like, "Just hold on to it," and. uh Anyway, so she hooked me up. She helped me out. She get she crunched some numbers, right? Got it to like one sixty four something, 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 and uh, she starts going, typing stuff in. And a minute later, she goes, "Let's make it an even number." Like marks it out and goes one sixty zero 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 zero. And I was like, "Heck yeah! Now we're good to go." Wow. So it felt really good about. So that. what was it uh, appraised at before? Well, when we bought the house, it was appraised at one fifty. Okay. Which is what we bought it for. So, so that's a 10, 10 grand, not bad. Not bad. Not and bad. then it slowly, like, 
immediately it went up to like almost it, it immediately went up to close to 160 i can't remember but it just immediately shot up some yeah and then it was at like 170 something and then it was at like 180 and then the last one was at 191 something something and you're like i was like hey this enough. is right. <laughs> this is crazy well, the problem is like if it's like anything like our house they they appraise it for a money that you can't get out of it yeah like I, I mean what they appraise my house for i can't sell it for that mm-hmm. you know but it's what they, well that's the point yeah so that's why you got to go tell them that but Dude, you have makes, to go it, tell them that it makes or, you feel kind of gross though because you got to go find, find all the bad things wrong yeah. with your house yeah and but then, she told me to keep it she said don't even bust it out she said, "I just we'll we'll do it like this." You know what that would create mm. a honey do list. Mm. If I went around and found all the wrong things mm. in my house, Sandra would be like, "Okay, now we got to fix it." Yeah, yeah. Nah, it was fun. I mean, I'm not fixing the foundation. What are you? So you've had a better day than me. I've had a great day. So last night, Luke comes in from uh, you know out there partying with all the you know the band nerds. Oh, you know how he does it. You know he's getting down or whatever. He rolls in Talking about band camp. <laughs> He rolls in around nine thirty last night after he has Ooh, his party or whatever, that. <laughs> and he was just like, "Hey, I think something's. Uh, uh, I think the water filtration system outside is leaking." Mm. And I was just like, "Well, that's not good." So I said, "Of course, you know, nine thirty, old people like me already in." You've bed. been asleep for two hours, <laughs> you know. Yeah, you know, <laughs> if I had to get, I would have to get dressed. You yeah. Know, was, yeah. So I told him, I said, "Go out, you know, just see where it's leaking." So he comes back in. He said, "There's a there's a pipe." the top of the house is dripping down well that's the emergency overflow for the ac mm. so i'm just like okay well as long as it don't stop leaking it's fine you know so i get up this morning i told Sandra get me up early so i go up there in the attic and air conditioner's not working Mm-mm. man so this is the problem so it's still broken right now yeah so yeah. immediately after we finish this i'm headed home to this is a good day yeah so, but the problem is uh-huh. Adam and Victoria's AC's been out. Well, it's not been out; it's just not have been running good. Mm-hmm. Their house is like seventy five percent humidity right now. Woo! Yeah, a lot of humidity, and um, so they're coming to stay Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, while their stuff gets fixed. Well, now yours is yeah. You know, tricks on them now. <laughs> Because yours isn't working at all. I mean, mine is downstairs. Ah, not but the ones they would be <laughs> oh, yeah, using. I forget. <laughs> I forget you've got this mansion, so you've got like I got five two. ACs. I got two, two. Yeah. Well, actually, I got four. <laughs> <laughs> but two for the main house. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. One for the garage, uh-huh. and then one for the uh, apartment. So just no cool air upstairs. No, nah, it was nice this morning. You know, this morning it was 72. Yeah, we'll see. By the time you get home. <laughs> it's going to be like 90. Yeah. All that hot air is going to rise up there. Oh, That's man. fun. So what are they having somebody come work on theirs? Monday. So Like next Monday. This Yeah, this coming Monday. So this weekend they're supposed to move in for us for a week. Gotcha. Because they have to shut their AC down and let it dry out for a couple of days Ooh. and then replace ducking and all kinds of stuff. Good stuff. Yeah, so. Good stuff. Welcome to the summer in H-Town, baby. Hey. <laughs> the Dirty Bay. Yeah. So. Luckily, I haven't had any, uh, I haven't had any ah, problems ah. this year. I haven't had any, oh. and I ain't even worried oh. about it. I, 
ain't even worried about it. Yeah. <laughs> Knocking on all the wood. I ain't worried about it. <laughs> Uh, I'm feeling good today, all right? I got my taxes down. I ain't worried about nothing. It's 105 outside. Homestead's coming in the mail. (laughs) I ain't worried about it. Boy's feeling good. Feeling good. All right. Yeah. All right. So, well, we finally did it. What did we do? You, Joy, you finally did it. You finally got all of our backlog up on. Yeah, all except for last week, because I still didn't hear. Last week, I don't know, man. Uh I have last week, but I didn't upload it because I was waiting for Yeah, you. Uh, I don't know what's going on, man, to tell you the truth. I don't know if it got, like, X'd out. They won't let us play it. But I don't remember anything that we said last week. That uh, So I got to go back and, and look at it again. I looked at it real quick. I didn't see anything wrong with it. But I normally, we'd normally do a premiere on Thursday at 5. Yeah. And uh comes on and everybody can. 5 you know, p.m. or a.m.? P.m. Okay. So, but I don't know. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. We'll, we'll see what's going on. It was a good episode, too, so we'll make sure we'll get it out uh, we'll get them up. This, this afternoon. But all of our backlog for all the people that, you know, haven't heard the last five or so, yeah. they're up. Yeah, Go back and listen to them um, and enjoy them. Brother go. Stacy. <laughs> Brother Stacy. Tell him. Yeah. <laughs> Sister Stacy. <laughs> he said, "I'll just say it. he said he might come on when he what? gets back in town." Oh yeah, oh, which is gonna I, be I got a, a song and everything ready for him. You got it ready for I him. Do. I He's do. Gonna, at, he might listen. He might be listening to this right now, coming home from Colorado. Okay, and he's. He just got nervous because I just announced it. <laughs> Brother Stacy is already put in the atmosphere. Everybody's, everybody's, everybody's excited. They're just, they're just waiting for you to show up. They can't wait. We got we got one of your students that said that their favorite story was the lady in the leopard pants. Oh yeah, people are talking. They can't wait for you to get on. Yeah, they're ready for you. So uh, you know, hope you enjoyed that Colorado trip. Welcome to the welcome refuge. Back. <laughs> welcome to the refuge project. Here we are. Story with Stacy. Yeah, story time with Stacy. Yeah, we're looking for it. Looking forward to it. Yeah, if he comes on, he'll get we'll get probably one good story out of him. That'll take up about the whole podcast. Hey, hey. Uh, good stories. But, but, long. but if he was in his choir, you got one a day. If you were lucky, if you were lucky, they're long stories. Oh, That's the point. Yeah, you so, want him to tell the story because that'll take up. Oh, you want to see all. You all. want the story. Oh. Because then that'll take up class well, time. That's perfect for podcasts. That's what, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. We'll get about one story out of him because yeah. it'll take the whole time. Well, we'll have him tell a story during like the refuse, you know, the uh, the culture corner. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. What's the culture corner? It'll just be like a seven-hour episode. It's there no you go. Problem. Hey, what's that? That's, that's good that's for no us. We'll deal. cut it up until, you know, seven yeah. Seven episodes that we can take. Story time with Stacy, part one. <laughs> Story time with Stacy, part two. It's like your grandfather. He come in here and told his whole book. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, he can tell us. Well, I might as well get him while we're he's here, right? Because yeah. he might not come back. That's true. Because I don't think we've had too many, you know, second timers. No, I mean we have had my my grandpa's been on a couple. Yeah, of but times. he'll talk to the wall. That's true. So I think he does talk to the wall. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, he hasn't talked to the wall. Yeah, but so I mean, that I know, you know, things, things are things, <laughs> and that's it. Things are things, y'all. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> We're done.
<laughs> we got to the. Oh man, I'm just I'm just really not not looking forward to crawling up in the attic and. But you should just have to drain the thing, right? I did this morning. So I got this morning, I drained the pan. And it re- still wasn't working? Reset the whole little, you know, they have the little emergency thing, so if it yeah. gets up too high, it shuts the system off, and mm-hmm. I did all that. And He's got clogged thing somewhere. Something clogged somewhere, yeah. Which, you know, you could do that. Just got to unclog it. That's it. I have a, uh, a declogger. Well, that's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, leave, I'll actually leave a, uh, a shop back up in my attic so I don't have these issues. There you go. Just got to plug it in. But I tried that this morning. I don't know what's going on. But you know, handy dandy over here. You'll be fine. I'll be fine. You'll be fine. I just have those uncomfortable sweat places, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, but it is what it is. Yeah, you know. All right. Well, I guess uh, we could jump right into. <laughs> Corner. Thought about calling uh, Pastor Caesar to join us today, yeah. but uh, I knew I wasn't going to be able to hang around until lunchtime. So, but we need to get him scheduled to come back in here and join us. For I know a, it. Well, he still can't do mornings, right? Lunchtime call it. No, but he can call in, mm. call yeah, in yeah. during lunch or something if we schedule it. But what you got over here? This is, here we go. Oh, no. This Texas woman was just attacked by a snake and a hawk at the same time. Dang, she ain't living right. Look at her. Peggy Jones. Hey. No, that's not the Peggy. Okay, never mind. This is Peggy Jones. That's Peggy Jones. Says she feels like the luckiest person alive. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> okay. You can't get attacked by a hawk oh, and it. a snake at the same it's time. It's all about I, your perspective. I feel lucky. Okay, that's no, what they this say. this is the most unlucky person ever. No, because most people that get a t- double attacked, they ain't coming out so good. And okay. she's, well, you know, I mean. Look, she looks too happy for just being attacked. She did get a bunch. You, it, it, once we scroll down, I guess disclaimer. We're going to have a bloody photo on here. Oh, later. no, yeah, yeah. Hide so, your kids, hide your wife. I mean, it's not that crazy, but okay. it's a bloody arm, so. And bruised. Bloody and hey, bruised. Hey, would you turn that screen a little bit? So yeah, I sure. You want to see that? There we hey, go. Hey, Miss Peggy, how now you doing? Now I can just read it off of here. Yeah, warning right here, see? Warning. So here we go. Let, let's check it out. So a woman from uh, Silsby, Texas. Silsby, right down the road. Is feeling lucky to be alive after a bizarre incident that occurred while she was mowing her lawn. Uh, left her bloodied and bruised. Can I just say? This is why you don't cut the grass. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're just trying to protect your kids. You know That's why it, you don't let your kids. <laughs> well, I've been doing it. I've been risking my life to do it. See, and you've got attacked by like all kinds of creatures too. That's true. Yeah. See. Just it's not it's not worth the, the it's not worth the squeeze. I'm still here, man. I, I took care of you. Man. So here, so Peggy Jones was mowing her six-acre property around 8 p.m. on July 25th when a snake fell into her arms, apparently okay. out of the sky. Okay, so I feel like this is Bible time. This is she's just <laughs> driving and it just falls. Uh, this is uh, in a video interview. Uh, Jones recalled the herring experience, saying the snake appeared out of the clear blue. It's funny when you hear her quotes, you can just hear her accent. Like uh-huh. you, you know exactly. Oh yeah, this is some you know what like I mean? South Texas yeah, twang. Yeah, yeah. Oh man! So she says, uh, "I began to sling the snake off of my arm." Uh, the sixty-four-year-old woman continued, 
and he wrapped around my arm and held on tighter. He kept striking in my face. He was striking my glasses. So the snake falls out of the sky. It's wrapping around her arm, and it's just biting at her face. Okay, she's feeling kind of lucky right now. (laughs) (laughs) So... Uh, it says, Is the video any good? I didn't click on it. Should we click on it? Let's click on it. Okay, we'll see what it is. It's probably just... Uh, it's probably her talking about this. Process. It happened oh, at it's Peggy the Jones' news home near oh Silsby, north of Beaumont. It's an oh, interview you'll see only on two. The woman Only on two. Two of you all the exclusives. Peggy Jones says she hasn't been able to sleep much since the snake and hawk attacked her. Luckily, she didn't receive an infection or serious injuries, but she says this will scar her for life. Sure will. The wrap around Peggy Jones' arm covers the scars after a snake and hawk attacked her in her backyard. I was mowing on our property, and just out of the sky, out of the clear blue, a snake fell onto my arm. She says the snake held on tight. I began to sling the snake off of my arm, and he wrapped around my arm and just held on tighter. He kept striking in my face. He was striking my glasses. <laughs> Why is that snake funny? wouldn't back down. <laughs> just started praying out, Jesus, help me. Please, Jesus, help Jesus, me. Jesus, help me. Oh. She's like my Got aunt. another surprise. Little bird. A hawk came down. He grabbed <laughs> he the just... snake and tried to take the snake off, but he... Yes, he didn't have a good grip. He, the, the hawk kept coming down. He came down about four times. He finally got the snake and took off with the snake. And I looked down and I was covered in blood. My arm was pretty tore up. Jones' husband rushed her to the hospital. Uh, I had venom all over my, my right eye lens of my glasses. Even the doctors had a hard time believing her story. I think they kind of thought I might have been on drugs because they asked my daughter and my husband what kind of drugs I was taking, but it was definitely no drugs. She believes the hawk is a reason her life was spared. And I think that was God's way of um, letting letting me live. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. Because I, I couldn't figure out a way the snake was not letting go of my arm. I just feel thankful that I'm alive. Joan says it's unclear what kind of snake attacked her, and it's unclear where the snake came from, but she believes the hawk might have been carrying the snake before it fell on her. But again, it's a mystery. What a mystery. Corley Peel, KPRC That's 2 it. News. So okay. basically what happens is this hawk has a snake, drops the snake on the lady. The snake wraps around the lady's arm because the snake was just being attacked by the hawk. And it's freaking out, biting at the lady. And then the hawk comes back, says, hey, that's my snake. And uh, comes back, grabs the snake. Okay. And the lady's just, like, in the middle of it. All. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and so she's there, and this hawk and this snake are just like, Can you imagine a car you. driving by? Yeah. She's, <laughs> <laughs> she's just on her tractor out there. Okay, so, so you know. Did this? Did the hawk really try to kill her or no, save her? It was. Now you're talking, right? Now you're talking because he dropped the snake on her. But he definitely. But he's like grabbing at the snake <laughs> and just ripping her arm. He's like, the whole not, time. not on my watch, lady. Because the snake's just wrapped around <laughs> and it's just squeezing tighter because it don't want to go and it's just. <laughs> and I, I just love. She goes into the hospital dripping in venom. And she's like, no, it was, I brought it, the snake fell out of the sky, and then there was this hawk, and it was, and the doctor's like, hey, what up? <laughs> yeah, hey, what what's going are? on? She's like, I promise, I, promise. I swear, this is what happened, <coughs> the snake fell out of the sky. Oh, man. And, uh, yeah. Well, the video was definitely worth it. So anyway, that was, uh, <laughs> that was mine. 
I was my culture corner. She's okay. She's all good. She's just gonna <laughs> bet she's gonna use that as an excuse not, not to have to cut the grass anymore, though. That's six acres, is what she said. Bro, she's she's like, you know, one of them. Uh, what you call it out there? What do you call them? One of them ranchers, farmers and ranchers. She's good. She's alright. Yeah, She'll she's probably fine. one of the first times she's been bit by a snake. No, yeah, that wasn't the first. Won't be the last. You know, can I just? We were talking about perspective earlier, right? We were? Yeah. Okay. You oh, said, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you said something about perspective. I said that, yeah. Yeah. Because you had a very so, negative perspective. Yeah, I did. But I just watched a man wrestle a 17-foot python earlier. Oh, you week. saw that? Yeah. I know what you're talking about. And for this lady to just have a little snake wrapped around her arm? No big deal. Not impressive. No. <laughs> Yeah, he wins too, right? Like he oh, takes yeah. him out of there. Yeah, and the the python ended up biting him on his arm, and like arteries like squirting. Yeah, blood yeah, and that's stuff. right, that's right. And then he he used something as like a tourniquet. Yeah, his his snake bag. While he was still holding the snake. Yes, falling down, the snake's trying to wrap him and stuff. Yeah, this lady, what a wimp, what yeah. a chump. Yeah, what a God what a lady. chump. Man. This story's not even impressive anymore. But, I mean, I guess if that other guy had a hawk fighting him as he was wrestling the 17-foot python. That would have been a story. That would have been pretty good. So the hawk is really... The hawk spirit. Is, this is us where it's at, the hawk. Really, the problem with the story is it's we got this clumsy hawk. <laughs> That's really what it is. They can't even hold on to his food. Can't hold on to its food. It's Couldn't like the, get the it old back. dude you know, that keeps dropping the food You know when he's trying to get the food to Yeah, us. dude, he's like, he's like me with chopsticks. <laughs> Just trying to get the stuff up, and he just keeps just like rubbing the food. And you just keep going back and say, "These are my noodles." Except the hawks, <laughs> these are chopsticks are sharp talons, just ripping the lady's arms up. That's really what it is. You got this dumb hawk. Just it was probably his first hunting mission by himself. Shout out to the Python Cowboy. <laughs> yeah, wrestling them pythons. Uh, have you watched any of it? No, I heard him talking about it though. Yeah, it's I, cool. I should have watched the video. The videos, are, I got, I got like uh, rabbit hole. Oh yeah, yeah, went down the rabbit hole. You're not the only one. And he also hunts um, uh, iguanas because I guess those are the two big things that are like taking over. I chase an iguana. Really? Like, you never catch him. This guy catches it. His dog Otto. Mm. He's got a dog. Named so he Otto. cheated. The dog catches him. Yeah, I mean, he's got a gun, too. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I've taken trips. You go to Florida or, like, you take a cruise or something somewhere down there, and there's always iguanas around. And there's always somebody trying to catch the iguana just because you want to catch it. Yeah. And or you get off the cruise it. boat, and there's a dude with the iguana. Right? Oh, yeah. And yeah. it's just like, you want to hold my iguana? Yeah. And you're That'll like, be yeah, $35. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> After you hold it, he's like, okay, 35 Yeah. Yeah. No, nah, I don't know. I don't. Don't hold ever them. hold the man's iguana. Yeah, if or their baby uh-uh. or nothing like that. If they're trying to hand it to you when you get off the cruise ship, I don't want it. It's costing you something. That's right. Yeah, that's right, dude. I still got to take that cruise that we won. I got to plan it out. Still, is it still good? Yeah, it should be. I think. I, it, so. I don't think it had an expiration on it. We're going um, the twenty sixth of this month. <laughs> yep. Two oh, weeks. two weeks. Two weeks from Monday. This past Monday. Where y'all going? Uh, you know, just a Mexico thing. Just a Mexico thing. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't know. 
I really don't know where we're going, to tell you the truth. Why would you? I'm just going, uh, Pastor Mark's going, mm-hmm. and uh, Pastor Hal Santos. Ah, okay. So his, you're going with, you're not just going with your family, you're going. Yeah, I'm going with some pastors and different things like that. I think a, a couple other people from our church is going, but it's like the 20, 20 ministers and their, or probably 10 and their wives or something. That's cool. Yeah. So, so you leaving the kids at home? Leaving the kids at the house. Ah. You know, my parents are there. <laughs> That's what I tell them. Uh, and it's, it's it's kind of sad a little bit because we didn't do much for a, a vacation this year. Well, maybe if they cut the grass a little more, maybe they could take a cruise. For real. like That's what I'm trying to tell Adam, Luke, because he broke his arm. Now he feels like he don't have to work. Ah. You know? Tell so. him to use his good arm to crawl up in the attic and fix the AC. That's a good idea. Yeah. He'll probably still be asleep when I get home. Yeah. Teenagers. Sorry, Luke. You're you're doing fine. You're doing good. Dude. Every time you cut, you come up on here. I'm just like trying to give you a job. Well, you know the, th- the good thing about my For kids no is they're good kids. I, I know I complain about them, but they are. I don't. You know, it's not I'm having to worry about chasing them down from the, them doing the wrong things. Yeah. And they're just they're just good. They're kids. just fragile. That's all. Yeah, their they bones. Break. You know what they say? Hard times build hard men. Ooh. Soft times, good times build soft men. Broken arms. Yeah, I mean, we got good times right now. You know, know, he probably would have been thrown at the ceiling or whatever if times were hard. He wouldn't have had time for that. No, he wouldn't have time. They've been out there picking cotton and, you know. Okay, I mean, he probably wouldn't have been a slave. <laughs> no, you don't have to just, be a slave to pick cotton. I, I, don't think <laughs> I think they got machines for that now, right? I mean, he could be driving the tractor. I mean, even the tractors now have, like, air conditioner and MP3s and stuff in them. And yeah. That thing are nice, man. Bazooka tubes in the back. <laughs> Have you seen them? <laughs> Have you seen them? They're like I mean, the, I've they're seen nicer than a, a car. They have all the amenities of like a Lincoln Navigator. Probably not nicer than my 2012 Subaru Outback. <laughs> I don't think you can get much nicer than that. Got my four wheel drive. All right. Is it four or all? Actually, I think it's all, which is different. But uh, okay, what is the difference? Okay. If I remember right, so four wheel drive is what you're thinking of, where each wheel drives. Drives. All wheel drive, if I'm not mistaken, is where you've got the two main ones that drive, um, and then the other two kind of kick on they when drive needed. Too. Just when needed. Oh, okay. So if you have, I don't know what I'm talking about, but I'm going to say it like I do. So if you have like a regular. Vehicle that has two-wheel drive and four-wheel drive, you can just, like, turn the four-wheel drive on, and then those four, all the wheels are equally putting out power. Got it. If you got the all-wheel drive, uh, the two, you still have the two main ones probably in the back that are putting out the power, and then the other two in the front just kind of kick on whenever you start slipping a little bit or just whenever needed. Got it. So That a- could all be totally wrong. But that was my understanding of it. Sounds it like it's point. good. Yeah. I'm probably right. Yeah, I'm sure you I are. usually am. Yeah, yeah. Sure you are. Well, <laughs> hey, what's the... <laughs> I had to learn that when I was a car salesman for a week. That was one of the features I had to learn. And uh, for... <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> I've told you this before. Y'all remember this? It's a fun sentence to say. 
for a couple weeks? No, one week. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even finish training. I said, dude, this is not for me. I, what's I the long, what's the shortest time you've ever had a job? That's probably it. Because I didn't even go, I didn't finish. I've only had a few jobs. Well, yeah, like steady jobs. I've only had a few. Everything else would be like gig work. All right. I, I, I had a job for uh, one one evening. Oh, yeah, that's it's like bad. after school job. Mm-hmm. So you go in at like 5 o'clock and then you work till like 9. Yeah. And it lasted till like 7. Mm. It was rough. Yeah. It was calling. Uh, a, you you know, a telemarketer? Well, you call and you're just like, yeah, this is day rally. You know, I'm calling on behalf of you know the constable's office and you were that guy, dude. <laughs> I am watching. I just started this HBO doc about those people. What? Who did you work for? I don't remember. I was like 15. Because this was this company. It was called like the Civic Civic Development Agency, something like that. It, it like sounded all official, but yeah. it was super sketchy. And that's what they would do. They would call people for the fire department or for the police department or whatever, and they'd be on behalf of, mm-hmm. and they would just get you to give them money. Yep. And then, but but you, the you would send them a sticker saying they support. Yeah, dude, you are the guy. <laughs> this is so funny because the whole documentary was about this company and how they just like ripped everybody off because yeah. the whole thing was the companies that they were calling on behalf of they would only get 10% of whatever the donation was uh, which is already a rip off but yeah. that was how it was and then at some point they just said nah we just keep it all and so then they just started keeping all wow. of it and they would also at first they were like you had to say that you're calling on behalf of you could but then eventually they were like hey why don't you use your best police voice and they would just like pre- be like yeah we're with we work directly with the police department and we give a hundred percent of the earnings to them and Bro, they just wouldn't this is exactly how it was yeah dude, so, and it was a wild place so it was nothing all, but like ex-cons and <clears throat> high school dropouts like breaks people are out like smoking like three cigarettes in 15 minutes you know maybe getting a puff on a joint or something and, yeah but Sniffing a little heroin. I mean, whatever you That was get. the dude in the documentary. Dude, so you worked at this place, I and I'm watching the documentary. Of, oh, this is So funny. I got trained by the, the head guy, you know, the, the guy that did the most of the, uh, <clears throat> the, the most sales. This and, is making my day. And right? he has this voice, nice deep voice, yeah. you know. And here, here am I, you know, I'm 15, I'm going through puberty. I'm squeaking all over the place, you know. So I'm not convincing anybody. You this guy like was so place, good, man. though, but he was officer such and such. Mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he wasn't an officer. <laughs> and he He's wasn't not. an officer at all. No. That's what, I, that's what I'm saying. It's like I'm we, constable, you know, no. get your money. And he was, and they were, he was getting all the sales. And here I go. With his little squeaky. Please, baby, give me some money. Exactly. (laughs) And I got told, I don't know, no, about 200 times. Yep. And then the other times I didn't get told no, I got told, I told y'all to quit calling me. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm like, I'm I'm sorry, ma'am. Yeah. I'll put it up, make the notes. Call him next week. Yeah, exactly. So about two hours in, I'm like, nah, this ain't for me. We went to break. Never yeah. came back. Yeah, that's that sounds about right. It was rough. Now the car salesman thing, I did. I uh, this was right before I started going to college for uh, my 
uh, music stuff, all the sound I stuff. I feel like Adam thought about this or talked about this or something about Well, because I left Chick-fil-A, the job I was working with him, to go do this job. Uh, okay. And so I was going you know, to make all this money doing this job. And the point, the idea, the plan was I was going to work there for a few months, uh, save up some money, and I was going to go get an apartment with my buddy. Uh, and then we were going to go take all these classes together and do all this music stuff together. And uh, I went there, <clears throat> got the job, wasn't super pumped about it, but I was like, ah, it's probably all right. Because they promised you all this money that you was going to make, right? Yeah, and I was making 10 bucks an hour at Chick-fil-A or yeah. whatever it was, you know. And uh, I'm going through tra- – training takes like a month. And you're guaranteed – they give you three grand just for going through training. Uh, and once you're done training – then you know you make commissions and stuff, but you sell one car a month, and you make like two thousand on commission off of if it's just like a regular car, and that's if you're the worst salesman out there. So like I did all the math, I was like, if I'm the absolute worst, I should make like thirty grand a year. If I'm the worst, yeah. And I said, and I probably won't be the worst. <laughs> I may not be the best, but if I'm just like average, I like I was you know doing all this stuff. I'm looking at all the people that work. Using sixty grand. I was like, yeah. And then you're supposed to just keep making more because you know you've been there. You get all the referrals. All, you get repeat customers. And now that guy grows up, he brings his daughter, and you know all that kind of stuff. And so I was like, I can do this for a while, make a bunch of money, and then I can use it to buy all this gear and do all this recording. That was like the big plan. And so I'm sitting at training, and every second I'm there, I'm just like in this, uh, I'm in this really uncomfortable chair, watching these stupid videos about the cars because they got to learn about the cars. And I was just absolutely miserable the whole time. And I'm watching the videos, and it's like from it's from I think like nine in the morning to like six at night. Training videos? Training videos. Oh, my goodness. All day. And that's like the first week. And then you go hang out like in the mechanic shop for a week. And then you go hang out in some other department for a week. So if you're not a car guy, this is Is truly miserable. But I'm sitting there. The whole time I'm doing this, I'm like, but look, once I get out of training, it'll be different. Like once I get done with the videos, you know, work at the shop, that'll be interesting. And then I'm like, but I'm probably not going to care about the shop either. And I'm like, well, once I get out of the shop, I get to go do the other department. And then... I'm like, well, I'm probably not going to like that either. And I'm like, but if I hang out for a month, you know, then I'm I'm done with training. And I was sitting there going, I said, yeah, but I'm not going to like <laughs> selling these cars either. <laughs> I was like, I, I don't like any of the people here. Like, they weren't mean or anything. But at the time, I was probably like 20 or something. And they're all like 30, 35. And none of them care about me. I'm like this, you know, I was You're like, I'm not, yeah, I'm just... And I was just sitting there, I was like, I'm going to be miserable. And I was like, well, it's just while I'm here, I'll make some money. I'd do this for a few months, make some money. And then I was like, but this is, it was like Monday through Saturday, Mm. 9 to 6. And it was downtown. So it was like 45 minutes each way. So so I was basically doing like 8 to 7 that I was occupied, Monday through Saturday. Mm. And I was like, this is my whole life. I said, "I, I can't give my entire life. Went to selling cars. Yeah, so a weekend. Maybe I said, Jesus, but I said, yeah, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> so I said, you know what? This ain't for me. I called the people whenever it was. Say, hey, I ain't coming in. Sorry, not doing it. And I felt bad because they they interviewed or they didn't. They had uh, like two hundred plus applications, and they only ended up keeping like five people. And me and my buddy were both some of the five that they kept and like had this whole class with and all this stuff so how'd your buddy do 
He was supposedly loving it. They're, they owned – it was a Russell and Smith, okay. and they own a Honda, a Ford, and a Mazda dealership, and they're all like right next to each other. And apparently if you're going to sell cars, this is kind of the place to do it in Houston supposedly, but I'm sure all the dealerships say that. Mm-hmm. But um, he was stationed at the Mazda one, and I was stationed at the Honda one. And uh, so I didn't actually see him every day. And he would come back, and I would we would talk at the end of the day. He was like, yeah, dude, I sold a car. It was crazy. This is great. I got to drive such and such a car. And he was, like, having a good time. And I was like, dude, I'm having the worst time. <laughs> <laughs> How was he selling cars already? Cause well, because he, he's, like, training with people. And he didn't – I don't think he, like, officially sold it. But he's, like, right. following the guy who is selling it. So the other guy got commission on it. He just sold it. Yeah, he's training, you yeah. know. But – Anyway, I did not stick with So he probably got a better experience because he had somebody that was actually like. Yeah, and I was just sitting in the corner watching videos. Yeah. Having a horrible time. Yeah. Yeah, man. So I went back to Chick-fil-A. And uh, that actually changed my whole attitude with Chick-fil-A because I was super annoyed with that whole job and that whole situation and all. But then I was like, you know what? If I do go back, though, I can work enough hours. to I can still pay for my school with it. I won't make near as much money, but. I can make the hours work. It's flexible. You know, I know some people. It's not, like, it's really not that great, but, like, I have people that I enjoy being around there. So then I was, like, all appreciative of yeah. having the job. I think, man, Chick-fil-A, uh, it did Adam and Victoria really well. It got them through college. It did. You know, um, it gave them some skills, you know, that yep. they, didn't, they didn't have because, you know, they ended up being managers through throughout the time. And yeah. I think that were there for a little, little bit longer than you. Yeah, they stayed. Um so, I mean, it definitely gave him some skills, and it was a, a wholesome place to work, too. You know, that you didn't have to worry about, because a lot of, like, food places, and, and oh, you, know, yeah. you know this, um, yeah. there's lots of things that happen after work and partying and, and, and stuff like that, so. During work, too. Yeah, during work, yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Did you see that video? The, the, uh, the manager opens up the freezer, and the dude's in there getting high. And, and he goes, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to ask you to clock out. And the dude's like, but right now, <laughs> <laughs> and the manager's like, yeah, right now. Yeah. <laughs> what is this? Like a Wendy's or something? I don't know. It was just a freezer. So. <laughs> right now, right, right now, right now. Yeah, bro. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so what are you talking that was about? Good stuff. Um, I don't remember. Are we, are we, are we done with Culture Corner? <laughs> if you wanted to talk about the Hawks more, you can. I think I'm done with it. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. All right, so we're gonna listen to a video, man. We're gonna we're gonna speed it up uh, a little bit for time. Oh, you want to do the other one? What is the other one? The song. Oh yeah, we don't have to. No, let's do the song. Okay, we're, well, let's let listen me, to the uh, song. It's uh, it's called uh, "So Good" right, by Doe. Here we go. So good. So good.
So good, so good, so good, beautiful, yeah. so good. Beautiful, dude. Oh, 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 oh! No, no, don't play that one. That one, that one, that one. This will get us out of here. Yeah, Brandon Lake. Yeah, uh, he's too big for his britches. Those, those, those trackers down in a dude, minute for playing a Brandon Lake. They probably, probably even shut us down for saying BL. Yeah. <laughs> Black lives. No, oh no, no, not that one either. No, 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 no. Show with that one too. All right, well, there you go. Yeah, that was it. That We looked pretty hard for yeah. a song. for like We are months. running out of music, so uh, check us out on, um, where are we at? We're everywhere, man. Everywhere. What's the social media we're using right now? We're using Instagram. Instagram. Let us know your favorite song. And I, I know everybody has their favorite song, and it's usually Elevation Worship, or it's, you know, it's a Brandon Lake song, yeah. or yeah, yeah, yeah. one of, you know, it's the Hill song, or one of the, and that's fine and dandy, that's, that's good. But they don't let us play their music. It's true. They strike it out. It's true. So, if you have a, a song that maybe we haven't heard yet, mm-hmm. or, you know, that's not on the, you know, the top 20 of the Christian charts for the last three years, mm. you know, uh, let us know. Let us know. What, just let us know in the comments what your favorite Christian song is, no matter who played it. Because, matter of fact, one of my favorite Christian songs right now is by Brandon Lake, and I can't help it. <laughs> but it's just this. Why you say it like nobody's supposed to like? No, I'm the just music saying. Music. But it's just like Christian, Christian. I can't help it. I like Brandon Lake. Look at it. <laughs> I, I, Christian <laughs> music is just so predictable. Like it you turned the song on earlier, and you yeah. you guess the chord pr- yeah, procession. I was humming the melody because before it even started. Yeah. Because eighteen other songs had that same one. 
Yeah, more than that. So, so, so. Give us some song suggestions. That's, so, all, that's all I'm saying. asking for. That's all that's I'm it. asking he for. Needs I, I, I like Christian music and Christians most of the time. He just doesn't like Brandon Lake. I like Brandon But Lake. he does, but he he doesn't yeah. like that he likes Brandon Lake. <laughs> it's like if you're a, a beaver, or what do they call him? A believer. A believer. Yeah. yeah. I like Justin Bieber. Yeah. I don't like that I like it. <laughs> I'm not proud of it. I'm that guy. But I like Justin Bieber. I like that. I'm that, I'm that guy. I That's re- how I was when I heard his, um, what was that song? Where he, uh, love Yourself. That you should go and love yourself. That one. He's good, man. Dude, I heard that. Some kid was singing that for the Hello Texas thing at Deer Park one year. And it was one of the years I was playing drums. And so I had to learn all the songs. And so I was listening to a list of like 60, 70 songs trying to learn the drums over the weekend. And that was a song on there, which doesn't actually have drums in it. But I didn't know until I listened to the song. <laughs> so I'm listening, and I was like, actually, I kind of like this song. Who is this? What is this song? And I look at it, it says, Love Yourself, Justin Bieber. I said, Justin Bieber? Yeah. So uh, you're telling me I like a Justin Bieber song right you, now? Then you felt dirty, right? You're I like, felt, oh, yeah, I felt uh, like, I don't think I'm supposed to like And then like, I, I listened girl? to it again at some point. I said, I'm pretty sure I like this song. And yeah. at some point I gave, I said, you know what? I like that Justin Bieber song. And then later... I said, hey, you know what? Party in the USA, Miley Cyrus. What? I like that song. I bet you feel really dirty after listening to that. I mean, the music's good. You can't, you can't deny the music. But speaking of Justin Bieber. Look, you already want to bob your head with that. <laughs> but speaking of Justin Bieber, that's a, that's a good lead-in yeah. to what we're about to talk about. Because Justin Bieber's been one of those. Yeah. That has been uh is been public that he's been experimenting with his faith with God. Um he talks about it a lot, but then a lot of times he doesn't li- live it out. Um mm. but a lot of us know Jordan Peterson. Mm-hmm. And uh this is kind of Jordan Peters- Peterson's um walk through his journey to knowing God and it really starts out with he he's an atheist and then at the end where he um uh, starts talking about him living for God and he doesn't like the word Christ, Christian because he feels like there's only one real Christian which is Jesus. Mm. Um and he, he says that out loud. Um so to me when he says that he's admitting to, you know, Jesus being um you know, the one and only God. I don't know if he believes that he's the one and only, but through through this, you'll listen to it. Um, we're going to speed it up just a little bit because it'll make the, the video faster because it is like a 15-minute video, and it'll also help us keep it from being sh- stricken yeah. from our podcast. All right, let's listen to this. Okay, here we go. Oops. So people often ask me, do you believe in God? Which I don't, I don't like that question. I don't like that question. I don't like that question. I don't like the question. People have asked me whether or not I believe in God, and I've answered in various ways. No, but I'm afraid he probably exists. That's. The traditions bind the community together. Now I'm saying that, and I don't go to church. You know, and the reason I don't go to church is because, well, it drives me crazy to speak frankly. I haven't been able to sit in a situation like that ever since I was, well, ever, really. (laughs) That's really the truth of it, ever. Um, I'm not convinced that that's a good thing because I do believe, and I've had good conversations about this with Jonathan Pajot, I do believe that communal return to the source of the community's ethics is actually a necessary thing. And maybe I'm 
atoning for my past sins by doing these biblical lectures at the moment, which is something that's communal. And then because there's also something about going where a bunch of other people are to reaffirm your commitment to to the good that you're all, all aiming at that's that's got some power in it. And I don't think that that's something that we should forego. I think it's dangerous. I mean, look, even if you're cynical about church, and I guess I would put myself in that category, it's certainly the case that communal church going in the 1950s, say, provided the average person with at least an hour a week where they were contemplating, no matter how poorly, the purpose of ethics in life and, and the idea of a higher purpose and a higher meaning in life. And you got to think that spending an hour a week thinking about that is better than never doing it at all. I don't know how to, that tradition can be revivified in a meaningful way, but I think it's, I really do think it's a catastrophe that we've lost it because we don't have a center, an ethical center that holds our community together. And the consequence of that is that we're fragmenting quite badly. But what you see there is if, it, if you view someone with love, then it's incumbent upon you to treat them as if they're valuable. And then the more you treat other people as if they're valuable, the better person you are. That just comes along for the ride in some sense. So none of that seems questionable to me. That, that seems solid. And so then maybe the more, the more love you view other people with, the higher the moral demand that's placed on you. And then I would say too, well then, that's another reason why it's so important to be truthful and, and in some sense to be good because it isn't obvious to me that you can withstand that moral load if you're compromised by too much sin. It's too much. And, and that's another thing that, that we're not very good at teaching young people about. You know, we shouldn't do that. You know, it's like there's a sanctimonious authority that goes along with that that's the wrong tone. It's more like, you know, I don't know how you lay it out properly, but you tell people that you love how to avoid the road to hell. And you don't do that because you're shaking your finger at them or because you're a moral authority. You do it because you don't want them to burn. And... I think there's too much of the moral authority still in the church and not enough of the, you know, the love that helps people avoid the fire. Tammy, my wife, has always taken the idea of truth very seriously. Her recent brush with death has deepened her religious sense and impelled her towards a life that's more consciously focused on service to others, her family in particular, but not only her family, people beyond the family. And I also think that's a function to some degree of our stage of life. She's a grandmother now and her children are grown and able to take care of themselves, and so she can turn her attention to other people, maybe farther afield from the immediate family. I'm watching what she's doing and listening to her and watching her practical application of her faith, and that affects me just as everything she does affects me, because I watch what she does and take it seriously. Her recent actions have indicated she's, ha she's helped a number of people quite substantially, the group that she's been communicating with, and all of that's very interesting to me. She's showing me, I mean, I've taken the idea of God seriously for a very long time, and I've said on multiple occasions that I try to act as though God exists and that that's essentially my definition of belief. When people say, do you believe in God? Belief is a multidimensional word. And one question is, well, what do you mean by belief? And for me, the proof of belief is to be found in action. And I decided that I would act as if God existed a long while back. And of course, I'm imperfect in that, inevitably. Now she's doing that more explicitly as well. Not that she wasn't doing it quite well to begin with, but she's doing it more explicitly and also more within the confines of traditional religious conceptions. Uh, although she's not attending church, she's associating with a number of people who are formally religious, and all of that's informing the way that she conducts herself. It's watching her do that has also highlighted for me the missing praxis in Western Christianity. If you want to be a Christian, let's say, if you think that's necessary, it's not exactly obvious what you should do. You should go to church, but that's not enough, I don't think. I find it useful to contemplate the highest good on a continual basis. I'm trying to keep myself oriented in that direction. That's a, it's a religious orientation, fundamentally. It's an overwhelming orientation, but there's no escaping the questions of the ultimate meaning of life. I'm not an atheist anymore because I don't look at the world that way anymore. I'm not a materialist anymore. I don't think the world's made out of matter. I think it's made out of what matters. 
It's made out of meaning. What we orient towards unconsciously, which means what captures our attention, is meaning, and it captures our attention before we know what it is. The brain acts as if the world's made out of information or made out of meaning. Who would have the audacity to claim that they believed in God? If they examined the way they lived, who would dare say that? To, to believe, you think, to believe in a Christian sense, to actually, this is why Nietzsche said there was only ever one Christian, and that was Christ. To have the audacity to claim that means that you live it out fully. And that's an, that's an unbearable task, in some sense. To be able to accept the structure of existence, the suffering that goes along with it, and the disappointment and the betrayal, and, and to nonetheless act properly, right? To aim at the good with all your heart, right? To, to dispense with the malevolence and your desire for destruction and revenge and all of that, and to face things courageously and to tell the truth, to speak the truth and to act it out. That's what it means to believe. That's what it means. It doesn't, it doesn't mean to state it. It means to act it out. And unless you act it out, you should be very careful about claiming it. And so I've never been comfortable saying anything other than I try to act as if God exists because God only knows what you'd be if you truly believed. I mean, if you think about it in some sense, that's the central idea in Christianity is that if you were capable of believing, it would be a transfiguring event, a truly transfiguring event. And I know people experience that to one degree or another, but we have no idea what the limit of that is. And we have no idea what the possibility is within each person if they lived a life that was maximally courageous and maximally truthful. You know, because maybe you're running at 60% or 70% or 20% and at cross purposes to yourself. God only knows what you'd be if, if you believed. And so, well, I act, I try to act like I believe, but I'd never claim that I manage it. So, okay, so you can think about Christ from a psychological perspective and the, the, criti the critic, my critic, this particular critic that I've been reading, said, well, that, that doesn't differentiate Christ much from a whole sequence of dying and resurrecting mythological gods. And of course, people have made that claim in comparative religion. Joseph Campbell did that and Jung to a lesser degree, I would say, but Campbell did that. But the difference, and C.S. Lewis pointed this out as well, the difference between those mythological gods and Christ was that there's a, there's a representation of there's a historical representation of his of, of his existence as well. Now you can debate whether or not that's genuine. You can debate about whether or not he actually lived and whether there's credible objective evidence for that, but it doesn't matter in some sense because this, well, it does, but there's a sense in which it doesn't matter because there's still a historical story. And so what you have in the figure of Christ is an actual person who actually lived plus a myth. And in some sense, Christ is the union of those two things. The problem is, is I probably believe that, but I don't know. Okay. I don't, I'm amazed at my own belief and I don't understand it. Like, because I've seen... Sometimes the objective world and the narrative world touch, you know, that's union synchronicity. And I've seen that many times in my own life. And so in some sense, I believe it's undeniable. You know, we have a narrative sense of the world. For me, that's been the world of morality. That's the world that tells us how to act. It's real. Like we treat it like it's real. It's not the objective world, but the narrative and the objective world touch. And the ultimate example of that in principle is supposed to be Christ. But I don't know what to, that seems to me oddly plausible. Well, I still don't know what to make of it. It's too, partly because it's too terrifying a reality to fully believe. I don't even know what would happen to you if you fully believed it. But are you a prophet? And, uh, see, to say yes or no, I have to think about how, I think I have to think about how, how I might be conceptualized, how what I'm doing might be conceptualized. No, I think I see myself as a psychologist. And fundamentally, I am a psychologist. I'm a behavioral psychologist. And I'm very interested in, I got very interested in psychoanalytic thinking, especially the union variance. And, and I'm a professor and I'm doing that you know, on a much larger stage, let's say, but that's really what I'm doing. And so it's a combination of those two things. And there's a, I mean, I speak about religious matters, but I don't see myself as a religious leader. I, I don't want to make that. God lift from me the intolerable burden of my ignorance, arrogance, willful blindness, 
bitterness, and resentment, as I pray that others rise above the same faults and temptations. I watched Fox News release a message this week. There are terrible things afoot under the surface of our society, and the perpetrators are coming for you and coming for us. And then I watched the Democrats respond in panic and anger, saying, There are terrible things afoot under the surface of our society, and the perpetrators are coming for you, coming for us. Are there terrible things afoot, bubbling under the surface? Is something coming for you and for us? Ask yourself how true that is of yourself and your own life. Have you addressed all that? Are you concerning yourself with the dust in your enemy's eyes instead of attending to the filth that obscures your own sight? Do we want accusation, suspicion, discord, derision, and hatred? Or the peace and prosperity and happiness that beckons to us at this moment like never before? Who's the enemy here? Is it the basket of deplorables? Is it the freaks and the queers? Is it the plumbers and carpenters and tradesmen and managers who work honestly and diligently during the day and the soldiers who stalwartly defend the borders and protect us? Is it the artists and visionaries whose expressions of unbridled creativity entertain and rejuvenate us and who continually offer to us an unending panoply of technological miracle? Is it the institutions that guide and protect us that so many lived and died to erect and establish which for all their faults have served us so well. Do we want revenge or justice? Do we want contempt or mercy? Do we want war or peace? And what are you aiming at in your heart of hearts? I see even the best of men degenerating into the exchange of blows. I see even the best of men identifying the enemy in our neighbors and friends. I see even the best of men falling prey to cowardice and self-righteous anger. It needs to stop. I need to stop. You need to stop before it's too late. Who is the enemy here? The snake in your heart? The lies on your tongue? The arrogance of your intellect? The cowardice of our refusal to see? The enemy is that which divides to sow discord. The enemy is the pride and the fear that stops us from lending a hand across the divide. The enemy is the great and eternal adversary of mankind. And if we demonize our brothers, our comrades in arms, do we not precisely call that dread spirit forth? Have we not yet learned? Courage. Trust. Truth. Love. Even unto your enemy, which is yourself. God forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. May what is highest guide our vision. May what is highest open our ears. May what is highest guide our tongues. And may we pray, fearful of the hell we could so easily and carelessly create. Deliver us from evil. Shine a light into the corners of our dark hearts. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Wow. There we go. Wow. Um, before I start speaking, what would, uh, what's your takes from it? Um, yeah, so I mean I've seen – so that was just a collection of a bunch of clips of right. him speaking over a period of a time. lot of different times. Yeah. And so I've seen him on a lot of different videos address that, that topic uh, here and there. And I feel like he um, – from what I understand, he still doesn't – 
he doesn't consider himself a Christian or really anything specifically. And I think I've heard him basically talk about like how he doesn't like he doesn't want to like join a team and then try and in so end up like kind of alienating other people. So if he goes and claims he's a Christian, now all his Muslim followers get mad at him, which he actually has a lot of like Muslim people that follow him because he's done a bunch of those. Like he's done all these talks on uh, biblical stuff and anyway, all those stories. And so Muslim people are very interested in that and lots of Jewish people and he'll just break it down. Anyway, so he doesn't ever really seem to claim one thing or another. Um, But I think with really anybody's journey if you're um if you're like honestly looking for truth um i think it all just points for me it points to the christian god um because if you believe that um if you believe that the christian view is uh true um i mean it claims god says like i am the way the truth and life like the whole thing is like he's the truth. So if you're honestly searching for truth and like realness, I think you just kind of keep getting more and more pushed that direction, uh, which seems to be like what's happening with him. Um, which I think is kind of what he was saying throughout of that is that like he's he's kind of surprised at his own belief of this because he keeps studying the stuff and he just kind of keeps making him live a certain way, which just kind of keeps pushing him closer and closer to that. So. Anyway, I mean, it's it's always interesting to hear him talk. Yeah, I think that was the way he he captivates my attention because he's coming from this from, uh, you know, we are very used to as as being a form of Pentecostal. Yeah, of letting the spirit move and relying on the spirit uh, for a lot of things, mm-hmm. and he's coming from his point of view is very methodical reading, studying, yeah. um, making sure that what he is talking about is backed up in some type of historical foundation. Um, just because he is, you know, a very smart man Mm -hmm. and it's, it's refreshing to have somebody really, um, take a, what is the word? Uh, what it, when you go to college, all of that is uh, the. Anyways, uh, I'm, I'm not, an objective view. Uh, it's not a, It's a. Uh, but what do they call like the all of the information in college? I forgot what it's called. Uh, mm-hmm. Anyways, he's taking that that sort of view of of trying to figure out what it is, mm-hmm. right? Um, so, and then, it, and what's, what's, what I think it's kind of separating from what he's believing from a Christian, Christian point of view to everything else is that he puts Jesus in it, right? Mm-hmm. He's like, there, there is a foundation of the story of Jesus, Jesus being a real man and them two connecting, right? And, uh, and, and I think that's where he's leaning. Um, unfortunately, I think that he has... Uh, a lot to lose if he picks a side. Yeah. You know, uh, which is a lot of, a lot of these guys that are now uh, making a living off of uh, who they are, you know, in, in the, 
uh, YouTube world or you know the social media world now because he's you know he's basically being kicked out of um, these college settings because of some of the things that he believes, especially yeah. where where he came from in Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, so now he's he's relying off of his income on you know going and speaking. So that is it's tough. You know, you have people like uh like you know, as crazy as is, you have people like Kanye West that's lost a lot, you know, from him being uh considered worth over a billion dollars and then coming coming out and, and talking um people a lot of people thought he was talking crazy, but a lot of people are now realizing the things that he was saying before are not as crazy as, as people were, were thinking, you know, when he's coming out and talking. And I, I don't want to get in, I don't want to get off the subject too much. When he was coming out talking uh, against certain groups and certain things is now um, a lot of people's point of view. But when Crazy Kanye was saying that because he has he has a little bit of crazy, yeah. uh, people wasn't want to step into that same arena with him. <clears throat> and, and, and guys like that, you know. Um, but what they'll find out is like, uh, like Trump, you know, you can you can be as far on one side or far on the other side, and you'll still have, um, you'll still have the following. Yeah, you know, as 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 much as Trump has leaned into one side, and mm-hmm. you know, he still has this crazy amount of following. You know, yeah. and it's kind of it's kind of scary. You know how you can, you can create um, this whole group of people, and it's and it's not even healthy. You know when when you when you talk about the, you know the Trump supporters or whatever. I'm not, I'm definitely not a Trump fan at all. But you know, could give it somebody else. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it, it, what what's refreshing about Trump is he's not bought. And he he's going to speak his mind. You know exactly where he's he's landing, and and that, that's more of what we know. But so, go ahead, you're going to say something. Well, I was going to say I don't feel like I don't think uh, Jordan Peterson's worried about any of that kind of stuff. Uh, I mean, he makes money from a lot. Of, like he's filthy rich at this point, uh, and he does. He's he's got tons of different income streams. Yeah, I saw some video where he was somebody was asking him about that. I think he was talking about. I think the people were like talking bad on capitalism and he they were i don't know they're talking about capitalism and they're like well you make a bunch of money don't you and he's like yeah i make a bunch of money and they're like asking him how he makes all this money i think they were like trying to say that like he had some kind of conflict of interest because he was pushing a certain idea or something and he was like yeah i mean i make a lot of money like i sell all these books it's like the number one bestseller for da 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 then i made a second book i've got my youtube channel which makes all this stuff but he hasn't picked a side yet that's the whole key if he picks a side with the income well i think he has his side is he's just trying he's just looking for truth he's just trying to help people like he's not picking a side as in democrats and republicans or whatever he's just always trying to push for whatever he believes to be true and I think that's why he has a following. Like the people that are listening to what he say, they're listening to it because they know that he's speaking exactly what he thinks, and he's considered it very hardly and critically. Yeah, and all that. Academia. So, yeah, that's the word I was looking for earlier. Academia. academia. He was. He's coming from an academia. Point yeah, of yeah, view. yeah, yeah, for sure. So, um, 
one of the one of the points that he says, I don't see the world as matter, but what matters? Mm. That was such a, a, a like an yeah, impactful a line point. that he that he said there. Because before he was looking at the world as as matter and what made the world up and you know um, how man was was created from you know an organism and those type mm-hmm. of things and now he's saying what matters yeah you know and the other thing that I wrote down uh, unless you act it out be careful of claiming it mm, yeah. and I think a lot of Christians these days. You know, they just throw it around that they're Christians and different things like that. Um, it doesn't have to be Christians, though. It's just like anybody. Yeah, any faith. Yeah, any. It doesn't faith even have to be a faith. Just like you saying, "I'm for this thing," right? And then all your life is like, "No, you're not actually for that thing." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you don't live it out. You know that that's true. And we 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 pile on these bandwagons and we get caught up in the the craze of whatever it is, and then mm-hmm. before we know, it, we're heading down a direction. That we truly don't even know what we're doing, you know, or what we're saying or what we're believing and, and those type of things. But, I mean, it could be a faith thing. It could be uh, we should help the homeless. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, are you helping the homeless? And you're like, well, no. Yeah. It's like, so you don't really believe that we should help the homeless because you're not helping the homeless at all. Right. You know, it can be just like anything. But it's the voice of a crowd, right? The yeah. voice of a crowd gets people mm-hmm. hyped up. And then before you know it, you're like, yeah headed that way just because it, it seemed fun at the time yeah that's how like um riots and stuff are are kicked off because oh everybody's doing or they're it. kicked off by the fbi oh, and, uh, or some QAnon and all the things anyway um yeah so it's interesting i mean i really think that it's in when he was talking about um uh good and good and, and evil you know, and he was really talking about what it is. And when the first time, when, when I was listening to this the, the, on the way in to the office this morning, I was thinking, man, we we, we, we think about this as, the, you know, the Bible talks about the unseen battle from good and evil. And and um, and that's so true. We are fighting this un, unseen battle because we don't see, we don't see Christ and we don't see the enemy. But he kind of put it in a perspective where, that unseen battle is really seen because we are the one acting it out. Mm-hmm. You know, we always say we're the hands and feet of God, mm-hmm. but we don't ever say over oh, the hands and feet of the devil mm-hmm. when we're, when we're acting certain ways and we're having yeah. negative attitudes and we're doing the work of the enemy. Uh, but we don't ever say that we're the hands and feet, you know, because yeah. now we're like, Oh, that feels ugly. Like we were talking mm-hmm. about being a, a, a real believer, a believer, a b- believer, believer, because um, it feels gross, yeah. you know, but he's right. Like, be careful what you say because then you have to claim it and you have to live it out. Um, and that's the thing. Like, if, if we're the ones that are living out this evil part of life or we're not uh, standing up to what, you know, who, whatever, you know, group that you're claiming, then you're probably on the other side of that group, yeah. you know. You can't. It's not as simple as as claiming it. And I think that's what was wrong with the American Christian Church today, is that we've made it so easy to feel comfortable, just saying, you know, just filling out the the card that says I'm Christian, yeah, or I'm the member of a local church, or I'm doing these things, and then you read um, what it takes to be a part. Just just say our church, what it takes to be a part of 
a membership in our church. And um, you got the card. Right I got there. a card right here. Uh, attend worship service. Sharing the good work. Uh, gladly give tithe and offering. That mm-hmm. that right there, you feel this 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 out. I don't want to make sure I show this their name or anything, but I guarantee. I'm not going to guarantee it, but 99% chance that I can go and I can look this guy up in our system right now, and he's already out because I gladly give tithe and offering, mm. you know, but pray regularly. I mean, a lot of times we only pray when there's an issue in life, yeah. you know, um, so there's just those, those things. And if we're not doing one, we're doing the other, you know, yeah. um, but I, I think it's it, I think it's pretty cool to see. This is almost like, and I don't want to compare him to the disciples, but it's it's almost like when, as you're reading the through the Bible, the disciples walk. You know, just like you know, throw your, throw your the nets out the other side, and they're like, mm. "Who's this dude?" Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And they throw their nets out the other side. They bring in all the fish, and they're like, "Okay, who is this dude?" Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's the question's the same, but it means something different. Yeah. And then as they follow Jesus, Jesus is like, no, 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 no. Don't strike him down right now. You know, and they're following Jesus and, and their perspective uh, begins to change. Yeah. You know, uh, we talk about the the James and John, the, the, the brothers of thunder, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just like to see their walk with Jesus and then, you know, Jesus, what do you want me to do? You want me to kill him? You want to you want me to call down, you know, the yeah. the, the 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 arrows of heaven and strike them down? And Jesus is like, no, 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 just chill out, guys. You know, and then you see later on, uh, John's like, you know, he he's the one that Jesus loved. Yeah. Like his attitude has changed, and now that he can really he's not the only one that Jesus loved. But when he said that, he felt it. Mm-hmm. Because his perspective on life and the way uh, Jesus loved him through all of his mess. And it's almost like the same thing watching Jordan Peterson over these last two or three years kind of walk through those different steps. And mm-hmm. I think eventually you're going to hear it's going to be one of those, you know, videos that break the Internet. Yeah. Jordan Peterson finally comes out to be a Christian, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's kind of cool to watch that. if Because we've all done it. We've all lived that same well, not all of us, but most Christians have lived that same path, you yeah. know, of, of loving God and, and maturing in the faith and all those things. But it's not it's not caught in the Bible or it's not mm-hmm. caught in a book or or a video like this. And it's it's really cool to see that or see a Joe Rogan go from really hating Christians mm-hmm. to moving to Texas and having more of a. Uh, what, what you call a conservative outlook on life now, and he's getting older, and now he's having a face like, you know, when we're in twenties, you don't think about death, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, when you're in twenties, you don't. Most most people don't have kids, and now he's in his about to be sixty, and he's you know, the body that he always thought was going to go on forever, and all the things he's tried to do to keep his body healthy and stuff like that, um, you know. It might not be responding to the things that he's always done, and now he's having to look at through uh, different people. And he's had people in his ear like Jordan Peterson that that can 
that can explain things to him in an academia setting. Like, and that's that's how he, Joe learns. You know, he just got to have mm-hmm. history and, and backup and all those different things. And 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 he's had people on his, his podcast that has has came through that area, and and, and he's uh, you know changing his perspective. Yeah. We always say, man, if 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 one guy from the if from you know the secular world would come out and say they were Christians, and we have all the have all these people that's came out, you mm-hmm. know, and it hasn't changed, yeah, you know, society the way we thought it would change it. Yeah. But if Rogan came out, like when he has twelve million people that watch his videos three times a week or whatever it may be, it would be very interesting. Yeah, it'd be a very interesting the, the way. Just his own chat mm-hmm. in his videos would would, would change the way yeah. they talked and different mm-hmm. things like that and and the people that he brought on would 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 he still bring on the same kind of people from the secular point of view yeah uh, or would that kind of change and him have more you know from the other side of the you know the aisle or something like that I don't know pretty interesting but what was pretty interesting is while we're speaking about Joe is you know last year or the year before. Especially when he was making his first run at uh, when when um, Trump was making his first run, he said that he would never interview. Uh, Trump, oh yeah, yeah. Trump on his now uh, they're talking about it. Now they're now he's talking about it. I think you'll see it pretty quick here. I hope so. That would be awesome. Oh man, I, that would be super interesting to watch. I think so. Um, I would love to watch that. Be, just listen to Trump just talk for three hours. Three hours. Uh, and then Joe Joe's very good at letting people talk, but yeah. at the same time, forcing you to answer the question. Yeah, yeah. You know, and he'll call you out if you're being. Yeah, so I think know. that'll be a very interesting. Uh, Dude, that would, yeah. that's definitely going to break the internet. Oh yeah, yeah. I oh, see something. Yeah. I see something the other day, yesterday actually, that says Rogan Joe Rogan uh, comes out and says uh, there's no one in the public, uh, the GOP that can beat Trump. And uh, so that's just like breaking the internet. Like, you know, basically Rogan's coming out and, you know, backing Trump. Yeah, but he's not backing but Trump. But he's not. No. But that, that was what the headline was, yeah. you know. So now, you know, the, the, the right is just like, oh, we got Rogan on our it's side. It's just dumb. But then you click in it and it was just like there's really yeah, nobody yeah. that can beat him. Right yeah, now. it's just. Sorry, media companies <laughs> trying to use Joe Rogan's name exactly. to get people to click on their stuff. Yeah, it's, yeah. Super lame. So I read that to Sanders. Sanders was just like, "That don't sound right." I, I mean, I don't yeah. think Joe's going to like come right out, especially yeah. this far away from the election. If he was going to do it, it'd be closer to the election, right? Yeah. And so I clicked on it. and I was just like, he just like casually mentioned it inside of one of his podcasts. That he he just said to. that Trump is really popular. Yeah. <laughs> like that's it. Yeah, yeah. but it's it's funny how all that gets taken out uh, out of the uh, thing. You've been following any of the uh, the uh, the Kennedy stuff? I haven't, but I need to. I've been following it. Yeah. Since, I'm pretty into the Kennedy guy now. Yeah? You should go watch his uh, – ah, oh, dude, we should have talked about that at some point. Um, about he's got week? a bunch of videos where he talks about kicking his drug addiction and uh, his whole, like, relationship with a higher power that helped him. Like, we should do some of those. There's a bunch he's, – he's gone on tons of different podcasts and, like, told the same story to different well, I know people. when he went on, like, Rogan, that was a big one for him. Yeah, um, I don't think he talked about that on that one, but yeah. um, on a bunch of other ones he has. I haven't listened to that. Um, there for a while, I was listening to too much secular stuff, so I just kind of like yeah. really just stayed away from 
uh, Rogan, he was one of the ones I was listening way too much to. There's a really popular one. I can't remember the name of the podcast, but it's it's just like all um, like black rappers. It's it's all black people, and then Kennedy goes on there and just like talks about like black issues with them. Oh, that was the, was that the? I, if you said the name, I would remember, but I can't think of the name. Something of it. about champagne or bottles or something like that. No, that doesn't sound right. No, Maybe. I don't know, but it's it was super interesting, and he does talk about his addiction stuff on that one too. Uh, but it was great because you just see him talking. You just see like all these black people being all like, "Hey, these are our black issues. What right. are you going to do about it?" And he just like talks about it with them, and they all are like, "Oh." That sounds reasonable to me. Or right. they'll be like, I don't agree with that because of this. And they'll yeah. be like, well, this is why I think that. And it's, I don't know, it was very interesting. I, I think that's awesome that you can have that discussion. Like, that there's like uh, time that people are going to say, hey, let, let, let's, let's actually talk about it and not fight about it. Yeah. You know? And um, every time they would bring up some point that would seem like it's something that he has, like, no experience with. He'd be like, oh, yeah, I did this. Like, they're talking about, like, going to jail. One of the, one of the guys is asking them about how um, there's a super high percentage of blacks that are in prison for nonviolent crimes and da da da. What are you going to do about that if you get in office? And he's like, well, I was in prison for a while. For And they're just like, what? And, the, and he's like, yeah, you know uh, this prison there? And he's like, oh, yeah, I was locked up with this one. He's like, oh, yeah, I was on the other campus and da da da. And then he just goes on and says, like, yeah, this is a problem and this is how I would address it. Anyway, it, he's been very interesting. I've been that's, listening. That's cool because a lot of. Uh, and, but, but is he. Is he um, Republican? No, he's on the Democratic Party. His whole take is the Democratic Party does not. It's not the Democratic Party that I grew up with, and I want to bring it back to the Democratic Party that I that my family stood for. Like that's his whole take yeah, on it. Which is a Republican take. Which is yeah, it's a lot. He basically disagrees with most of the things the Democratic Party. And there's guys, now. there's guys out there like that, but man, it's it's hard to it's hard to vote for him because like you're still on that side, right? Um, but there's guys like that that say I could do more good on this side, yeah, with my conservative views than I could if I switched over to to be a Republican. Yeah, but his isn't I'm Republican. His is like, hey, I've been Democrat my whole life, and now the Democratic Party is not what it was when I was a kid and yeah. what I grew up for. It's not what my father fought for. It's not what my uncle fought for. And so I'm gonna fight for the traditional Democratic back. Yeah. I don't know why I'm giving him a Southern accent, but. <laughs> It just felt right. It was right. <laughs> Traditional democratic values. <laughs> so anyway, that, so I, brought, Bill, Bill I, I brought that up. Because, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, his would have been. <laughs> yeah, anyway, anyway, I brought him up because he had, I said we could have used a clip of his to talk about where he's talking about his addiction stuff and his whole higher power. We'll he he won't quite say. Yeah. Uh, he's kind of like Jordan Peterson, where like he's he won't be like I'm a Christian, I believe in God and all, but he's like, uh, there was some kind of higher power that yeah. helped me out. I couldn't do it on my own. And his is like through the AA kind of right, right. view of that yeah, stuff. AA makes you have a makes you rely on a higher power. Yeah, it's interesting listening to people that either went through or still go through AA, and they talk about. Like, they kind of talk about this God kind of a figure, but they won't quite be like, yeah, I believe in God. But they'll all be like, but I'm definitely better when I act as though I believe in God. 
and I don't know. It's interesting listening to. But even AA, they're like that doorknob could be your higher power. Anything. That's, yeah, they kind of like yeah. Anything yeah, that's yeah. stable in your life that's not going anywhere, that doorknob is never going anywhere. So I can rely mm. on that doorknob. You know, yeah, they so get that's kind of the, the you know they don't care who, what it is, but something that you can rely on and mm-hmm. not going anywhere. So yeah, yeah. but uh. Yeah, that's very interesting. Yeah. Uh, I, I like listening to Jordan Peterson because he's very uh, analytical, and that's kind of how my brain works a little bit. Yeah. And uh, so it's, it's good. It's good. Let us know what you think about it. Leave us some comments of your favorite music and what you think uh, stage J- Jordan Peterson is. Is he Christian? Is he not Christian? Is he uh, flirt with it? Is he just fooling everybody? He's a flirty Christian. He's a flirty Christian. We got some of those on the front row. And we love you. This is The Refuge Project.